have a guest today. Uh, I'm Ashley. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Virginia. This is Virginia. She's one of my oldest friends and one of the people that I originally watched Oregon Black with at the time that it was airing. This episode is episode six, Variations Under Domestication, directed by John Fawcett, the showrunner, and written by Will Pascoe. I didn't really find any other writing credits of his that I recognized. Uh, it aired May 4th, 2013. The top movie of that week was Iron Man 3. Finally a movie that I'm like, oh, I've actually like seen and heard of that movie. But it's also made me, it's crazy to think that was 10 years ago. Iron Man 3 was coming out. That feels right for me, honestly. Yeah, I mean... it feels very distant. And I feel like I've just been, like, watching Marvel mindlessly for, like, so many years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that they all, like, run together now. Although, except, have, did, have y'all been watching Loki? Oh, no. no, I forgot the new season. <sighs> you guys are sleeping. How am I going to get in my side Loki podcast? Well, you know, I've been very focused on my current obsession, Wheel of Time. Oh, so. right. Did you watch that show? Wheel, Wheel of Time? Time? No, I also haven't seen any of the Iron Man, so... Wow. Wow. Wait, so what, do you care about Marvel movies? I've seen, like, Endgame and Infinity War. Did you watch any of the ones? <laughs> <laughs> up to that? No. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's but a real mistake, honestly. they kind of can be standalone honestly. movies, Those but no. Never, the bad ones. They're more impactful. Wait, now we have to, like, replan the whole, well, no, actually, no, I, I don't, like, don't stand for, no, but Marvel I'm just like, no, 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 absolutely not. Not the podcast. I'm just saying, in the in our list of things to watch, I, I think for sure Captain America: Winter Soldier, which I think is like the best Marvel mm-hmm. movie, and also Sebastian Stan is super hot. So so true. Uh, we have to watch that one at least. Yeah, I'm not somebody that's like oh, I love Marvel, but I am like sucked into their mm-hmm. sphere. The early ones were good too. Yeah, yeah. and like, like you could watch the original Thor and the original Iron Man multiple times but yeah. now they come out and i want to see them maybe once and then never again yeah they're like too interconnected it's like i don't want to have to do homework to keep up with everything that's going on yeah. i feel that way yeah. about star wars sometimes too where it's like ugh, there's so much like mythology that already but at least there aren't star wars movies coming out that's that true well there watch. were though not that long ago <laughs> yeah but they weren't connected to the what? tv shows you know, the TV shows are sort of, like, back lore. Well, but I, but it's connected to all those animated series. Ugh, I can't get into it. <laughs> it's it's too much. Off topic. <laughs> let's, let's go back. All right. Um, the top song of that year was still Just Give Me a Reason with uh, Nate Ruse and Pink. I won't bless y'all with a rendition this time. I left it. I would love that. <laughs> I'm having trouble <laughs> Um, okay, so that episode starts with Allison and Donnie. She's replaying her security footage from the night before. They did not bone. Yes, I wrote that down. <laughs> yes, it was very clear. I thought she was setting up for a sex tape, but alas. Yeah, he. <laughs> we were like, is she like have we an exhibitionist? Allison. <laughs> I mean, she gets pretty crazy. Who knows? Yeah. For for her to get to her goal, I could have seen her doing it, but she didn't have to. That's true. Yeah. So he looks. He was gone for four to five hours, which I think is important. And then her tape dies, so we don't know what happens. That's and then so funny. I was trying to count earlier when I was watching it and I was like how much time has passed and I just couldn't figure it out so I <laughs> just moved on. Ashley did the homework. I'm here to do the heavy lifting you guys. Oh thank goodness. <laughs> I can't do math. And then he's he's freaking out 
about this party that we're having, which she doesn't even, like, connect with at all. So he's on her case about all the shit that she didn't get, and then she straight up just takes him out with the golf club. <laughs> so surprising. Allison really lets you know what kind is of my favorite of the clones. <laughs> she just has impeccable uptight energy, and then she just snaps. Mm-hmm. My favorite, I, well, I forgot my notes at work, but I remember writing down that I loved that she spins the craft scissors. Yes! Threateningly. I wrote, well, oh, well, yeah, she does a lot of little, like, crazy details with her performance in this episode. Yes. Also, the glue gun as a weapon. <laughs> yeah. So real. We're gonna, we're gonna get into that for sure. I've burned myself so many times. <laughs> um... Yeah, I was like, all right, she went from zero to 100. She just knocked him out. And then we cut to Paul and Sarah, who, like, explained that his troubles began after the war when he was basically acting as a mercenary. I'm not doing any of this by choice. All right, so they forced you to be best monitor for two years without ever knowing why. Some kind of hustler. You understand leverage, right? The difference is you chose to infiltrate Best Life, to screw her boyfriend right on this counter. And you weren't even you. And you weren't you either. Can I just quickly say that watching this episode, like, I had trouble with Paul. <laughs> I was yes. like, Maca- did I always hate Paul? <laughs> Mackenzie said that he was a basic man. He was so basic. He just, I was like, what are you getting out of this, Sarah? Yeah. He mm-hmm. sucks. Well, I don't know if it's like, She's more using him, I think, for his bod. Yeah, but even that is not <laughs> enough. What you guys, wait, were yes. wait, what were you going to say when the clip first ended? You started to talk. Well, I was just going to say that I said he was basic, but now he gets a little more complicated, but not in a good way. Right. <laughs> he's just, like, more annoying. I was like, is now the time when he, like, sees all these families going into the house? <laughs> And, and then he's like, let me put my gloves on. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. I actually wrote down, um, like, Paul creepily opening the door, open scene. Paul creepily closing the door, close the scene. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Paul sucks. We also really hated art this rewatch. Like, Yes, I noticed that. And I feel like... I'm not going to say y'all are being too harsh on art because I agree with the majority of what you were saying, but I do also feel that if my partner was a drug addict who shot somebody, I would also be going through their desk. Mm. You know? I guess I think also too, just like as I'm older than I was like the first time watching the show, my like, like stance on policing has completely evolved and I'm very like a cab now. So I think I'm already predisposed to dislike Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. And and that's fair. I, have always felt that way because I have never trusted the police. But I love a cop drama. I know, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> also, my fatal flaw. <laughs> <laughs> love crime shows. That, that's what's brought us here, you guys. Oh, yeah. Um, so then starts asking him, like, what happens to the medical results? We learn that they go to Olivier, who we met with the last episode. Sarah distracts him with her body once again. So she can make an escape. I wrote that down also. Sarah uses sexuality to distract Paul and escape. I didn't think that was very funny the way she's like, 
I'm taking off my shirt now, so you know <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> and she just dumped, I guess, goes out the window. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. She really committed, turned on the shower and everything. Yeah. I know. She's a good con artist. Like, she, mm-hmm. yeah, and she, I mean, it's funny, Paul is basic because the same trick works every time. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's so distracted by her. So, so easily. Um, what do you guys think, well, Virginia, you probably don't remember, but don't say if you actually do remember, but what do you think the, like, leverage they have on him is? Because he was implying that they've got something on him. Oh, I absolutely don't remember. Predictions. Mm, predictions. He killed someone. I think that's a safe bet. I don't remember either, honestly. I don't care enough about them to make predictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they're like special ops, it's always some sort of war crime mm, that they're true. holding against them, you know? It, I will like in s- Barry. <laughs> I will say it further validated my idea theory that he is the only monitor and there's not other ones because mm-hmm. it's like such a unique scenario for him to have yeah been in a place where the government or or they whoever yeah. they is but then can at the end oh uh, well I guess uh, what is French girl's name Delphine Delphine um, I guess Olivier doesn't count because he's connected to something else. Well, I think that this episode is putting us in the position that we're supposed to be, like, wondering about mm-hmm. the monitors. Like, that's on purpose. Like, it is weird that Paul has, like, a military background. And actually, that takes us, like, straight into the next scene, which is, like... <laughs> I told you that my house is the worst location for recording. There's a reason that we haven't done it here before. Uh, I apologize for any audio issues. We have a very loud, chatty cat who's been jailed. Also, my neighbor has chosen this time to do some yard work, and who knows what other fun sounds we're going to get. When I was watching the episode on my lunch break earlier, someone started blowing leaves four feet from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is now the time? What I was saying is that that brings, like, so the next scene is the Sarah on the phone with Cosima, who's basically, like, telling her that, like, watch out, like, Paul's serious, he's ex-military. Cosima uh, is, like, suspicious of Delphine, Okay, but uh, my first, she was like, it seems like somebody wants to be my friend. And I'm like, girl, you approached her first. You <laughs> snuck to look at her papers and then went through the effort of returning them. Yeah, so that's true. But she I, initiated the contact. Yeah, I, I guess. Well, wasn't she sort of glancing at her then? Well, I think she, but I was, I, I thought, like, maybe they had interacted before, like, before what we saw on screen. But I guess that scene where they're in the hallway is kind of like the first time they ever speak. Well, I guess mm-hmm. that maybe they've seen each other in class. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. She is like, she was exchanging lessons, but I do think that Kasima made the first approach. But, and it's also like, she's definitely not staying away from her. Like, I think her oh, no. her idea is to like, get close. Well, that's what she's always I telling Sarah to do. you're too. giving her too much credit. I think she <laughs> was thirsty. serious when she was on the phone with Sarah and she was like, oh, so you're the only one that gets to make messy decisions? And then sits there and she's staring at her and she's like, mm, fuck it, you know? Uh, gay people can make bad decisions too. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I was going to say, she's always telling Sarah to use, like, her relationship with Paul to her advantage. So, I mean, she could be doing the same thing with Delphine. Um, anyway. She could. I, I also thought that scene was funny because, like, she's talking on the phone um, in the library. Yeah. But, like, so loud. Like, <laughs> Delphine is standing, like, two feet from her. I'm like, she can definitely hear everything that you're saying right now. I did want to say, Delphine, that role was created specifically for that actress, um, oh. Evelyn Brochio. She, like, auditioned to play the clones, uh, but then they, she didn't get it, obviously, but they liked her so much that they created this role for her. Well, I'm mm. glad I do like that actress. Yes, she's good. 
Um, then Allison gets on the phone with Sarah to send up the distress call. But I thought it was funny that she was putting that, like, helmet on his head. Yeah. But <laughs> after she had already knocked it out. What tells me is she puts the helmet on his head, and then she pushes him down the stairs head first. I was like, the way his neck would have broken, oh. even with the headgear on, was <laughs> absolutely insane. But I do love her for it. She she makes some decisions. Yeah. Um. Then we see Paul, he put a tracking device, I guess, on her car, question mark? Yeah. I assumed it was on her car. Yeah. My favorite part about this whole situation with Allison is, like, we were talking about earlier, how she's using her craft room as, like, her yes. torture chamber. Yes, so good. And I think the show, like, this episode is called, like, Variations Under Domestication. Like, this whole mm-hmm. episode is, like, just, like, she is, like, the most domestic clone but is arguably mm-hmm. the most unhinged like, mm-hmm. sure. like and as just like most people in the suburbs i must assume yeah and the fact that like this whole episode is kind of like a suburban horror it's like all the things that could go wrong in your life yes. if you're like in a in living in the suburbs like this like thankless existence and i think like setting the the craft room as like the the torture chamber really does a lot to advance that. And I exactly like twirling her craft menacingly. It was so funny when she did that. Also, my favorite thing this episode is how every time she did something violent, she like gasped and backed up <laughs> yeah. and covered her face. She'd be like, oh God, like she she accidentally gets him with the glue at first yeah. before she commits to it and starts doing it on purpose. And she like looks away. Yeah, I wrote like, that down too. Oh She's like God. shocked at her own torture. Yes. But then she keeps going in. Out of your mind, untie me. No, Johnny, I have questions that need answers. Come on, Allison, this is insane. Don't worry, honey. It's all good. Isn't that what you always tell me? The sound of her sniffing the scissors. Uh, I got this part because, like, well, I I have more of this whole exchange, but I thought it was interesting that this is kind of like her linchpin, like when, don't worry, honey, it's all good, like gaslighting, like, you mm-hmm. know, her emotions feeling like dismissed and diminished all the time. Well, there's a reason why she is so quick to think it's him, right? Yeah. Like, he's obviously not treated her well in the past. Yeah. And Which is yet another example of why staying with your high school boyfriend is a risk. <laughs> well, yeah, and we, Ainsley makes reference to, like, problems they've had in their marriage before this, too. So, yes. obviously, they're, like, going through some stuff. Think about what you really want to get off your chest. Or what? You're going to stick sequins on me? You move the files. Files? What files? Your files that you have on me from your box. Your special box. This kills me. That is also amazing. I know what you do, Johnny. What? What do I do? You spy. Mm. You perform medical examinations on me in my sleep. What? You turn my whole life into a big, embarrassing lie, and you switch no, no. the files in your special box for porno DVDs. A big movie. <laughs> The scene is so good because it's, like, ridiculous, but also, like, really intense at the same time. One other thing that I wrote down while I was watching was um, her mannerisms with every clone are so specific. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. Like, Allison is so neurotic and is always slightly moving or, Mm -hmm. you know, gasping into her hands, whereas um, 
Cosima is very blasé. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Sarah, obviously, is a, she's very direct, but her actions are usually, like you said, she's always snacking and things like that. No, Helena's the one oh, who's Helena's snacking. always snacking. Well, that's another example, though. That's true. Uh, the next clip is, or the next scene, I guess, is Kasim and Delphine. We are introduced to the concept of neolution and the scientist Aldous Leakey. Aldous is another reference to that Brave New World book, which is written by Aldous Huxley. Oh, I didn't realize that. Clearly a big influence on the show. Um, so then we, it's Paul, like, drugging this bottle. Like, what do y'all think he's drugging? Is it, like, a sleeping pill? Or was he planning to kill you know, him? I was wondering that, too, because I was like, I don't think you can crush up like a truth drug and add it to liquor. I <laughs> have assume. to assume that he was trying to sort of keep her there. What do you think? I thought he was trying to kill her. Because then you see him talking to Olivia and he's like, I need to know I'm not responsible if she ODs again. Yeah. If he would have made her drink, see, she would have thought she was OD. worried about Olivia finding out that she had actually killed herself and that this is Sarah. Mm. Well, no, I was wondering maybe too, it could just be like random drugs that he gave her so that, like, when they run tests on her, it'll, like, appear on her results or whatever. I don't know. That could be anything. I was... It really made me wonder what he was trying to do. I did think it was interesting that her saying clones was made him stop. Like, the idea of her having secret twin sisters was too much for him, but once he found out it was clones, he was like, all right, I guess you can stay sober. Everybody's (laughs) on the same page now. Well, yeah, I wonder... If he thought, if he was like, I don't know what he thought, but I thought it was the contrast in this scene too. It's like he's on the phone with her, being like, "We need to be on solid ground," or like leaving her a voicemail. Meanwhile, he's literally drugging her yeah. drink and just like showing all the ways, like, well, who we think are monitors or like the people that are supposed to be, like observing these clones are like actively interfering with their. Yeah. Also, both of Sarah's like semi love interests, love interest adjacent, showing up to fuck up this party she's at. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't feel bad for her ex, but Vic. he is a very... <laughs> Nick the dick? I know. I was like, not to say I feel bad for Vic, but he goes through it. What did you think about Vic in this episode? Annoying as ever. Yeah. <laughs> He's just very funny to me. Like, his actor... Michael Mando. He's good at being comedic. Even while he's being threatening. Mm-hmm. And he's so clueless. Yeah. It also makes it funny. It's like you really <laughs> yeah. have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I agree. Also, Paul just went so serial killer in that episode when he has Vic in the garage. We were just watching Saw at my Halloween party. And that's the first <laughs> thing I thought of when he was loading that nail gun is that he was about to do a very intricate tra- trap. Damn. Um. So it's more hot glue gun torture. Uh, she gags Donnie, and then Sarah shows up at her house. And then, meanwhile, everyone arrives for the potluck. We're introduced to Ainsley Norris, played by Natalia, or <laughs> Natalia, Natalie Lisinska. She's the same woman that Felix encountered in the earlier episode when she was like, this is a private a neighborhood or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Allison and her wine moms are supposed to be having a... 
a potluck, and she tries to cancel it, but Ainsley won't let her. Oh, you're not ready for the potluck. Oh, yeah. Um, you're not even dressed. Well, I, I was just thinking, could we change venues? Change venues? Allie, what's wrong? I, nothing. I'm just not. I think I'm coming down with something. I think we should. Well, it's too late now, so just take some of your happy pills and let me help. Don't worry. We'll get this party started. As someone with multiple nicknames, I, I, this is like the first time we hear her get called Allie, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wonder if she loves it or if she hates it. I just I feel like as Allison, she, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. She would like to be Allison. So I just feel like that's like a subtle hint at that their friendship's really not real. Yeah. That's another thing is I was like, wow, these people are so horrible. Yeah. yeah. They're really bad friends I and really bad people. I think as characters, they're very entertaining on TV, but I'm like, are people really like this? Yeah. Like, do you just have a bunch of fake friends that you're all mean to each other all the time? Because you don't have crackers? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not, like, a holistic environment, that's for sure. But, yeah, and then, like, also, it uh, implying, also, like, another pill popper, like, from uh, just like that, yeah. like, all these clones have substance abuse issues, like, we see, I don't even think, I wrote she it down. She drinks a lot of wine in that episode. She is getting lit. And then Cosima, uh, we see smoking weed. I don't know if it was this episode or the last episode, but we just forgot to talk about it. But she was literally just like smoking a joint the whole time. She's dispensing all of her uh, scientific I, facts. I don't think it was this episode, but she does say in this episode, because uh, Delphine offers her a cigarette. And yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, I only smoke weed. After their, their little run. Yeah, but that, we do learn because she's from San Francisco. Um, we also meet Ainsley's husband, who's Chad Norris, who's played by Eric Johnson. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was uh, he really so the most. Bad. Yeah, and, uh, like, yeah, he was the worst. But I recognize that actor from that show, Rookie Blue, I brought up before, which is, like, the Canadian cop show. And my cousin and I, when we were younger, my cousin Olivia used to, we would watch so many, like, WB shows and CW shows. And we would always talk about how there was, like, the CW recycling bin with all the actors. <laughs> and it's even worse, like, with, the, with Canadian shows. Like, they're, they're literally, like, all in all in the same stuff. It's interesting to me not to talk about Wheel of Time on this podcast. Oh, my God. But Siobhan, <laughs> so neither of us have seen. Siobhan showed up, and I was sitting there, like, why do I know this woman? Oh. <laughs> and it was driving me crazy. And then I realized, and I was like, oh, it's her foster mom. She's from the Tudors, also, Siobhan. Oh, she I plays her on the Tudors. Catherine of Aragorn. Oh! Yeah. Wow, I completely forgot. About I just rewatched some episodes of the so Tudors recently. Did you be in the Tudors? Natalie Dormer. Are you into purity pieces? I shouldn't have asked. the whole premise of this podcast. <laughs> Wait, but do you, are you into period pieces in general? Sure. I'm just curious. I, I, I'm just like, why not? You know? <laughs> I because well, remember I found out I'm distantly related to Catherine Howard. I was trying to get up to the episodes oh. of Catherine Howard so I could learn about my ancestor. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta skip ahead. I know it was too, but I love uh, Natalie Dormer so much that I couldn't I just fully skip her season. She's so good. Um. Anyway, we'll talk about that on the Tudors podcast. <laughs> uh. So then, um, Sarah has to impersonate Allison for, basically like. Allison calls in this favor with her. Um, and then, was it, okay, wait, I wanted to ask you guys, is Felix a straight-up sex worker? I, I think I missed it the first time around. Oh, you yeah, did I not think. miss it the first time around because we talked about it the first time around because we were both shocked by this. We just thought he was, you know, slutting it up, doing his thing, and then we realized that they were paying him. Yeah. Because it was also me not realizing until I saw the bills that this was not set in well, the U.S. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was before, it was like, 
ambiguous because like he was trying to sell that coke so i thought he just like had sex with that guy to like get rid of the coke but now i'm like is he just a sex worker? i do like he's yeah. A sex worker. yeah yeah I'm he's surprised. like a starving artist and he i deleted that money or that it. from my brain well that's progressive for a show like yeah no they so i i like how they just it's very casual it's very yeah, like i love quickly discover it this episode yeah and that it it's just casual it's not a big deal it's just like hey, here's this fact you should know about Felix, and we're not even giving it a line. Yeah. It's just an action. Yeah, and then the, the other detail I wanted to point out, like her mannerisms, what we were saying, is when she's putting up that off-limit sign, she's, like, curling the ribbons yes. <laughs> to make it twirly. I was like, that is so unhinged. And it's in the calligraphy. Yeah, so crazy. Um, so Sarah's working on... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I just remember Chad being like... Ugh. Gay bartender, that's amazing. I have I have that clipped out for later. <laughs> so yeah, Sarah's working on her Allison impression. I was gonna say in that like when we cut to Donnie later after he's been sitting there for a while, his burns look so gnarly. Like yeah. they they did a good Bacu job. Is no joke. And that's like an industrial glue gun. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course Allison has the best in glue guns. Absolutely, <laughs> only the finest for Allison. Serious crafter. Sarah's trying to tell <laughs> to Allison to calm down after all this is unfolding. I can't back out of the monthly potluck. It's my turn. But I have no gift bags, no ice, and no bartender because my husband is tied to a chair. Addison, he needs to take a deep breath. I hate yoga. <laughs> I laugh so hard at that. That is so me. Like, that's the most I've ever related to. <laughs> well, it's like, it's, she's definitely like a Pilates girly or like yeah. a hit workout. Like, yoga is, is too, like, makes you way too in your head and Allison is way too neurotic for that. Yeah, and then even you can hear like pills rattling in that clip, which mm-hmm. I think is like, in, like in what I was talking about with like the suburban hell. And then like so yeah, so basically she's like, well, I impersonated Kira for you, so you have to torture Donnie for me essentially. Um, if you go, if you guys had a clone, would you make them do stuff for you? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, well, what type of stuff? Like, what are you like? I'm gonna let my clone handle that. Um, anything that stressed me out, like the way my sister makes me make phone calls for her, I would do the same. I'd be like, can somebody make me this doctor's appointment? And then I'll go eventually, but I need you to do the groundwork. What about you? I probably would just make mine drag me around. They don't even have to pretend to be me. <laughs> you just want to show her. You don't even need a clone. Basically, my I mean, hey, if I had a clone, I would probably make it drive around. Although it would probably be a bad driver, so I wouldn't want that. Or no, maybe not. Not necessarily. Maybe, you know, their parents were really good drivers and put them through their paces. True. I guess that's the whole point of the show. What about the idea, though, that she made Sarah pretend to be Allison to Donnie and not send her, like, upstairs to the party? Yeah. Well, Well, I think... It's something that Allison didn't want to do herself. She probably, like, couldn't bring herself to really? torture him. I felt like she was enjoying it. <laughs> well, I think she was kind of freaking herself out with, like, how hard she was going. And I think also she probably just thought Sarah would be better off handling that than trying yeah. to deal with yeah. it's like eventually... She doesn't know any of those people. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just, like, She's Sarah in the suburbs is not exactly, like, the most <laughs> Yeah, it, We get a taste of it anyways. Yeah, so it's true. wondering if what... We thought went through Allison's head when she made that decision. Would you rather uh, torture Dalton or host <laughs> uh, or host a party that you were prepared for? Probably host the party. But. <laughs> yeah, so, so there you go. You're like Allison too. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? 
Um, what I want to ask in general, like so far, like which clone do you guys identify most with? Oh, definitely Allison. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I don't know because I feel like I understand Allison, but I am not necessarily like her. I don't know. I think you're pretty full, Allison. <laughs> Do you really? I don't know that I could live in the suburbs. I guess that's true. I meant more like her sense of propriety, I guess. Oh, see, no, that absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then the way that she deals with things, I feel like I'm, well, I won't say I'm Sarah because I'm not going to like up and leave I don't my think child I like for Sarah 10 months. But I, like, I don't want to say Cosmo either because she's too chill. Yeah. But I do, I don't know. That's a, hmm, that's hard. What do you think? Are you, I'm, I'm just, we're just wondering if there's a BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> and there is. So oh, well, let me get <laughs> on that. It was like some, <laughs> it's telling clone. Wait, but don't take it because it might spoil okay. you. I think, okay. Yeah, I think Allison just in... Yeah, I wouldn't want to live the suburban lifestyle, but just, like, the yeah. neuroticism. And yeah. Her. I think I, would like, would want to be a Sarah, but I'm actually more of an Allison. But her life is, like, the one I'd least like to have. Like, I don't want to be, like, married to my shitty husband. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Like, I, her situation is the most horrifying to me. I'm, like, Kasima aspiring. Like, I'd like yeah. to be a little more chill, and I definitely appreciate, like, academics and whatnot, so. She's so spontaneous, too. Well, I guess, like, Sarah's like that also. It's interesting to see, like, which traits the clones have in common and, like, which ones are, like... Well, and then this episode makes me think about the fact that Kasima has glasses, because it's a point oh, yeah. in guy's speech, and I'm like, oh. oh yeah. I clipped that out, too. Which is... I do feel like Kasima, I relate to in the way that She's like, I'm just going to go the academic route, mm-hmm. figure this stuff out, do my research, call everybody, tell everybody to chill, uh, but not actually do that much myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, yeah, Allison is very all my neuroses come to life. So. Yeah. I don't know. She makes some choices I wouldn't make, though. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it's true. She Well, that's, I think... The bad decision making, I feel like, is one of their like <laughs> core traits. Yeah. Um. So we get like at her party, we get the business of her trying to take those uh, burned sausage rolls out of the oven and like. Her, That's me. <laughs> those bitches are like, I is she drunk already? <laughs> yeah. Um. And then it's the scene with Paul. What you were talking about earlier with Paul talking to Olivier, like, am I going to be blamed for this if something bad happens? Stopped her from ODing on pills last night. She quit the force, dumped her therapist. She has no one else. She has you to share in this crisis like any other event. Don't interfere unless it's critical. I need to know that I won't be blamed if she tries again. If I can't stop her. You done well for us, Paul. As long as your subject makes her own choices, there are no wrong decisions. Listening to that again further validates me thinking he really was trying to kill her. I know that sounds dramatic, but just the way that it's set up, it just seems like he was like, hey, I definitely tried to stop her from killing herself, but it might happen again. Not my fault, right? That's how it was painted to me. I think he's trying to cover his bases in case they find out about that. Yeah, I, I think he's trying to cover himself, too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, if, if he had, I guess we'll never know. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to kill her. Because with I Vic, too... Why? Well, he, he says, like, we can't have any loose ends with this thing later on. I know, but he would get in trouble with 
Well, they just said well, you wouldn't get in trouble. Well, no, because they said she can make her own choices as long as you don't interfere. But well, they're not going to know. So, well, yeah, that's what I mean, it's like. It seemed like he was murdered. setting it up as like an OD. That yeah, that's what yeah, it would look like yeah. on the toxicology uh, report. That's what yeah, I was saying. I guess. Yeah. I could, I could, see, I could see you going either way, I for sure. don't like Paul. That's well, what I was thinking then, about the whole Then why time. wouldn't you believe he was capable of murder? No, I was just, like, so focused on how boring I found him. I was like, why are you here? Yeah. Um, the next thing is uh, we're back with Donnie in the torture room. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah's, like, threatening him. Uh, he, he claims that he woke up to watch a cricket match. Does anybody know how long cricket matches last? They're long because it's, like, baseball. I don't know anything about cricket. Yeah, me either. It's, it's, it's... For four to five hours? Yeah, well, it's comparable to a baseball game, so, yeah. I would guess so. I mean, I think Ooh, he's lying. Just watching four to five hours of any sport. I don't. People in the suburbs, I guess. Couldn't be me. Not at a time, anyway. Um, this is the version, Sarah's version of interrogating Donnie. The whole neighborhood is here? What kind of irrational nonsense is going through that head of yours? Hey, what's your tone, Donnie? Allison, get your frazzled PMS shit together. Hey. You watch your tone. Your wife is the rock of this family. You will no longer speak down to her. Am I clear? Yeah. I really enjoyed the way she interrogated Donnie. Honestly. I think Donnie was a little into it, too. <laughs> yeah. It was along with the she vibe really of their sex tape. for Allison, though. <laughs> yeah. She did. I mean, he... I think she sets him straight. Well, and it kind of... Yeah. It's her, like, reciprocating when Allison kind of set it up for her with Mrs. S. That's true. It's like she really is fulfilling like her side of the bargain. Mm-hmm. I think also something Virginia was touching on earlier. It like Tatiana. That's Tatiana. Tatiana. Yeah, the way that she also when she is playing Sarah, pretending to be Alice, and she also has small manner mannerisms that reminds the audience that she's playing a role too, which I think is a whole nother level of it. It's yeah. like these little things that she does that makes it a giveaway of like. This is Sarah pretending to be Allison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's no shock. There's no, like, looking away from her actions. Mm -hmm. It's just like, this is how you're going to act from now on. Yeah. The next thing that we see is um, Aldous Leakey giving this crazy speech talking about Neolution, which is like, so he's played by Matt Freer, and Neolution is supposed to be this idea of, like, self-directed evolution. Your glasses, for example, make you somewhat um, platonic. But within the very near future, I'll be able to offer you the ability to see into a spectrum never before seen by the naked eye. Infrared, x-rays, ultraviolet. You interested? Maybe I'll just start with basic LASIK. <laughs> <laughs> and so you should. That's making an evolutionary choice. Neolution gives us the opportunity at a self-directed evolution. I believe that's not only a choice, but a human right. This is another part that made me relate most to Kasima, I think, because that is also how I would have reacted to that man. Mm -hmm. And just her whole evo-devo stance in general. You know, like you hear her talking to Delphine about isn't it really just eugenics? Yeah. Um, and that is also my gut reaction to that man. So, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. he calls out that she's a skeptic, which I think is an important character trait of hers. It's also an important cult leader trait of his. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, creepy. What do you think about him, Mackenzie? Yeah, super weird vibes, and he's very... Um... Skeevy? Yeah, and just like he's... Uh... Feels like a puzzle, like the way he talks. Enigmatic. And, yes, yeah. that's exactly mm. what I was thinking of. Yeah. I spent when I first watched this, I felt really stupid because I was like, "What is he? What does she mean? He mean platonic?" And then I realized like, he literally yeah. like referencing Plato. Yeah, Plato. I was like, oh "My God!" <laughs> I was like, "I missed the whole pun." I was like, "Jesus." Um, yeah, he's creepy for sure. Yeah, I also just thought like that was such a dick move, you know, basically like negging her in front of mm-hmm. the crowd. Totally. Um, especially, like, with what we learned about him later. Um, the next scene is a Vic, Vic breaking into Felix's. Once again, he doesn't have any security in his apartment. Um, but also, he just left his location up for... Well, yeah. like, I would probably do the same, too. Yeah. So Vic just goes, so we're like, oh, shit. Like, everybody's everybody's going to converge on Allison's house. And well, then... It was also funny that it was just, like, maps on the computer. He didn't have to, like write them down or anything. <laughs> he he just left it on the computer. He took He's some like, notes. Got it. <laughs> um, and so we're back at Allison's house and she's just like completely getting obliterated. Uh, and then sloshed. For real. Also, wait, maybe a plot hole that he had the maps pulled up because he's been to Allison's house multiple times. I yeah. would also have to have Well, I guess Sarah drove both times. I could yeah. not find my way home. Or no, not the time he came to babysit. Yeah, yeah, right. He was by himself. Although, yeah. honestly, very neat. I have to look up a <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, like you were saying. Fair. Oh, wait, not this one. The, this is more like suburban awfulness. Oh, my God. Why isn't he helping you with this? He's tied up. Allie, don't you dare cover for him. Not again and not to me. You know what I've been going through with Chad. Hey, ladies. Incoming. I am all over those sexy stretches. You've been working your glutes again. Can you imagine if your husband what? said that? <laughs> Chad is so nasty. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, bad. Like, it's, like, obviously they're talking about Donnie as a bad husband, and then we just get to see Chad in action being horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is another moment in which I've never related to Allison Moore. Why is everybody asking me so many goddamn questions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is me when everyone is trying to talk to me in the kitchen, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why won't people be quiet at work, especially? Oh, yeah. This is more bad Chad vibes. I'm going to call him bad Chad from now on. It's a gay bartender. That's awesome. Chad, shut your stupid mouth and feed the kids. <laughs> I have to say, I, my first thought was that Felix was going to, like, seduce him in a way. <laughs> I really I had that thought. <laughs> that would be funny. He was so excited to see him. Because it's a common trope that overly masculine men mm. who, like, womanizers are... Well, it's also closeted. one of those things where they love the idea of men being attracted to them as well. <laughs> he was just asking yeah. about their glutes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, her, like, something with her, like, cadence or something, which is, like, Chad's such a super mouth. It reminds me of that, like, like, lint liquor commercial. Yeah. She says it so fast. You son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. What the French toast? Did you think I wouldn't find out about your little doo-doo head cootie queen? Who are you calling a cootie queen, you lint liquor? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then 
right after this is when um, Felix pulls out Allison out of there. He's like, okay, girl. <laughs> and the, there was a scene, like, before he gets there, when she's on the phone with him, and she's like, I know, it's so hard being my sister. Don't forget the ice. Yeah, <laughs> so that was like, sweet. This is also realism. <laughs> this is So then after he takes Allison into the basement. I screwed up, didn't I? It's not Donnie, is it? It's not him, but I whacked him and it felt so good. Is he really in there? Yeah, tied to a chair. Oh my god. Okay, I'll go handle the mess upstairs. I tortured my husband. I messed up my family. And you're the only person I can talk to, and you're just another version of me. Come on. I'm a horrible person. I'm not even a real person. Of course you are. No. It reminded me of um, when we were talking to Becca the other day about the free will thing. Oh my god. And I was like, of course we have free will. <laughs> that was ridiculous. And that reminded me of that when she's like, I'm not even a real person. Our friend Rebecca messaged us out of the blue the other day and was like, do you guys ever get like anxious thinking about the concept that the free will is an illusion? I was like, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Over text. I was like, this is how I felt in every philosophy class. Easy answer. No. <laughs> what were you going to say? Well, is that, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just uh, like a, a gasp as it was like hitting me again. But it, this show is kind of all about free will or when you think about mm-hmm. nature versus nurture and about like, who, how much control we over have, how we have over our circumstances and who our circumstances turn us into. It's like yeah. a big message of the show. Yeah, and so many of them are different, like, mm-hmm. in such extreme ways. Or not even extreme ways, but it is interesting, like, you know, Cosima is a good example how, like, sexuality isn't predetermined. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, this is the second episode title with variations, like, in the title mm-hmm. of the episode. Like, that's the whole... The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, it's a, yeah, and and when she's like, I'm not even real. Well, and then another relate to Allison moment, then she goes to sleep. <laughs> all, all these dark thoughts and just go to sleep to make them go away. Yeah. She goes, out. When she's talking to Paul in her sleep, he's like, are you Sarah? She's like, Allison. <laughs> that was so funny. So funny. She doesn't think he's a basic man. She didn't even have her eyes open. That was the best part. I was like, what you dreaming about, girl? Uh, uh, we get that discussion that you mentioned about whether an illusion is eugenics, and then Delphine introduces Cosima to Leaky. Ah, c'est mon adversaire. Oui. You speak French. Oui. I have a neurolingual trip. Bullshit. Good. A skeptic. Neural implants are something we're exploring, however. At the Dyad Institute. So I did the French... Translation for this, honestly, the I show. I was gonna ask you. Uh, they're, they're really telegraphing that. He, what he says is, "Ah, it's my birthday," which is a weird fucking thing to say. Like, why would you ever say that? Anyone who speaks French and is watching the show is like, "Why would he say that?" And then obviously it reveals later that they're like connected or somehow. But I was like, "What a weird thing to say." Well, I guess it's like, "Oh, you're introducing me to the clone." Well, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, but you don't know that I'm saying like the show. <laughs> They're just counting on the fact they don't translate that people don't speak French. I was like, what a weird fucking thing to say. Um, yeah, and so then uh, Delphine pretends to know that he, or not to know that he speaks French, and we get the first mention of the Dyad Institute and his like followers who call themselves Free Healy. He's cult leader vibes, like you were mm-hmm. saying. Um, 
that's why I don't like cosplaying, you know? Well, it's also why I'm afraid of cults, <laughs> because, that, like, like I said, that uh, him calling her out was cult leader mm-hmm. antics. That's, like, one of the first things that they do to people who seem like they're going to be a problem is they call them out in front of the crowd to see if they'll push back, and then if they do, they frame it as if they're the one being ridiculous. Someone was literally just talking to me about this, and I can't remember. I don't know. Maybe we were reading the same article. (laughs) No, it was in person. Oh. Maybe at work? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's... I didn't... Yeah, you're right. It's a good point. That was funny to me when he says the thing about the, like, chip or whatever. And also, I'm such a sci-fi girly that I was like, actually, uh, Star Trek has already explored this, so we've come to <laughs> what, what did they conclude on this that, like, you know, well, I mean, actually, it's a very tough subject in Star Trek because there's this whole eugenics-esque uh-huh. war on, like, whether these people should be allowed and whether, like, self-guided evolution is legal and, like, that's like the whole, no. the whole conversation here too. Right. Um, that's interesting. I didn't realize there were so many parallels. This is like OG Star Trek or like the new one or what? Um. So I was thinking about it because the new one brings it up again, but the new one that I was watching is basically really old Star Trek. Does that make sense? No. Like it's like a prequel. Like, sort of. Yeah. Like they're bringing back the oldest characters. So... Are you a Trekkie? No. <laughs> I would say, yeah, it's, like, pretty from the beginning. Hmm. Like, you find out that one character has um, genetic uh, alterations, but she's had to hide it because otherwise she would never have been allowed into Starfleet, but she's, like, the Starfleet officer, and it becomes this whole, what? like, court case about, you know, her being forced to te- resign. I'm interested in this. I'm going to get the details of that episode. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to point out, so I feel like the show, like, we were kind of heavy on needle drops in, like, the first two episodes, but we haven't really had any sense in until this episode oh, when yeah. it's, like, wannabe and then, like, love fool by the cardigans, and I feel like they're trying to set up this, like, poppy, like, once again, like, suburban atmosphere mm-hmm. different from the usual vibe of the show and, like, hugely contrasting the score for sure. Um, so Kasima shades leaky and then dips out of there, steals some wine. Um, then we're back at the party. Felix explains that he knows Allison because he's her acting coach. And he proposes the theory that Ainsley is Allison's monitor. What do you guys think about that? Um, I think that it would make sense, but it's too obvious. I think think that she's actually just really self-centered and just wants to talk about herself. Once again, like I said, I came to the conclusion that I feel like Beth was the only one with a monitor. You think it was only her? So, no, I don't but think that answers. Why? But I, sorry, I didn't realize that was what you thought. Why Like, why would Beth be the only one with a monitor? Uh, because she was, like, getting involved with she shows was, like, and finding things them. out. And... But if they're a genetic experiment, then they would all have monitors, like Cosima was saying, with the double blind, like... Well, in the conversation with Olivier and um, Paul, he says, like, as long as she makes her own choices, right? I guess it doesn't imply that there's more than one. I think it does, though, because he's talking about it like she's a subject in an experiment, and there's never just one subject, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because then there's nothing to compare it to. That's a good point. Then, like we said, we learned Cosima's from San Francisco. She does, she literally says, nice to make a friend in the brave new world. I was like, can y'all be, like, a little more discreet? It's 
is very on the nose. Um, I did enjoy her a little after a jogging and her being like, oh, is that what you just said? Like, yeah. That's very cute. A jogging. We go back to the scene with um, Donnie and Sarah. This is like kind of the conclusion of this torture. Please untie me. I can't until uh, the party's over. I bought mold wine. And I can help. While you're down here, I want you to really think about us. What we've got with our house and our kids. You don't want to lose that. She's actually like super tender with him, which makes it like even creepier when she like <laughs> like starts to threaten him basically, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think she she's doing Allison that solid. But I think she's not consciously doing it. She's just like you need to treat her better. You know, I don't think she's balancing the scales in her mind. I think that on some level they're all just like starting to look out for each other. Yeah. I found my note. It says Paul rocking up with the murder gloves. <laughs> and then Vic shows up at the party, too. So then that's when Paul, well, he starts looking at that picture of Allison and with her family and stuff. And uh, he realizes that there's more of them. And Allison tries to hit on him, like we said. And then... Well, he thinks it's Beth at first. Well, yeah. He does say, like, Beth. And then... Um, well, I wonder, so then Vic shows up at the party, he, like, takes Sarah into the bed, or, like, Sarah tells him to meet her in the bedroom, but then Paul gets up there, like, so quickly, like, how did he get up there without being seen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I also thought it was interesting that the camera, well, I guess it makes sense if it's, like, a baby monitor type camera, I was like, man, this has really good sound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just listening to the whole conversation. Well, yeah, yeah, it's weird that she had a live feed. Yeah. She, that was... When she had run out of... Careless memory. Also. Yeah. Um, then, so then it's, like, Paul versus Vic. Like, Vic pulls a gun on Paul. And then Ainsley discovers the whole thing, only to just, like, have a breakdown about her own marriage. And, like, not any of the, like, real stuff that's going on. Um, well, that's what made me think it was really just her trying to talk about herself. Because she was sort of following her around the house. Yeah. But it was actually just because she kept being, like, Ah, wish somebody would ask me about what I'm sighing about. Energy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then they, Paul takes Vic out to the garage and then literally just, like, goes to town on him, basically. Full psycho. He's trying to get information about Sarah. Basically, like, doesn't learn anything. And then Sarah I comes. I got her last name. That is true. And then Sarah comes to, like, relieve him. And then basically, but like, why wouldn't, I kind of wondered, why wouldn't she just like let him kill him? Like. Um, because then they would have to deal with another body. It's like a complication. Paul would just disappear. Also, she doesn't want him dead. I mean, I feel like it would be easier for her if he was dead. I feel like adding a body to Allison's already fucked up party in the suburbs would be a lot more stress than letting him leave. And I don't think Sarah's, like, amoral. Yeah. <laughs> she, I don't think she's like, oh, let's just murder to solve the problem. Uh, maybe I'm the one who's amoral. I was like, hmm, he's really giving you a lot of trouble. You're p- giving Paul energy. He's a loose end. <laughs> right. I'm like, she uh, is not, a loose she's end. not trying to encourage Paul's murder spree, you know. Well, I can't believe, first I went to kill... Uh, Vic and uh, you guys aren't on board, and then, but you guys won't believe that, or you do believe that 
Paul was trying to kill Sarah. I, we need to start well, no, I believe it being now. more dismissive I, of I these I don't men. know. It hadn't occurred to me that that's what he was doing. I thought yeah. it was weird. I was like, why is he drugging her? I thought maybe it was like when you get someone drunk to get them to, you know, spill their secrets, but he was giving her some drugs because, you know. Yeah. Um, Gemma, Allison's kid, like, busts in on them. Yeah. Mommy. <laughs> she definitely <laughs> slaps the ball at her. the ball at her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She definitely sees some shit. Like, um, so then Ainsley like ushers Allison up to bed from the couch, but then that's when she sees Sarah in the garage with Paul. She's pretty dumb. <laughs> she just well, it, but this did make me sp- suspicious because I was like, why is she going in the garage? Yeah. So it oh, had me thinking maybe she's in Where cahoots she? with Donnie. I thought I was she was like, getting some supplies for the party. Oh, she may have been. Mm, Especially maybe. since she had just put Allison to bed. She was like, oh, guess it's my job now. Yeah. She does seem uh, like the type that would But where she put charge. have sinister motivations? She, um, she So Sarah pretends to be as Alice, or whatever, pretends to be having an affair with Paul to just get her out of the way. And then, like, the little scene later, we see Allison in her jammies, and Donnie apologizes to her, but reveals that he had an affair. Um, But he said while they were broken up. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, that's not really an affair, babes. But then he continued continued the emotional affair, I guess, with his letters three years Uh, afterwards. Paul and Sarah have to come to Jesus. He decides not to drug her after he learns about the clones, like we were saying. Um, and then the very last scene of the episode is this reveal of Delphine. So their conversation in French, he says, well, how is she doing? And then she says, good, I think. Um, and then uh, that's it. And then it's like, oh, shit, they're getting busy. So, wait, do she did look, like, vaguely creeped out. Wait, what were you going to say? Do, do y'all believe Donnie's story about the affair? I don't know, he... I believe the story about the affair, but I think he was lying about the... He's a talented liar, I think. Because my first thought was that when he was burning the papers, he was on the phone with someone. And he yeah. was like, I'll let you know if some if, if anything was. else weird no, happens. Yeah, and de- he admits that he hasn't been in contact with the affair person. Yeah. So it's Definitely. very ironic just solved the case. on the audience Definitely end yeah. that we know that. Well, that's so. also why I think he's the monitor. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about that. Yeah, I think he's good at lying, but um, I think it's still like unclear. Like if we're, I, I mean, both theater kids. That's true. <laughs> um, but I, what were you gonna say? I don't know. I just the whole idea of the monitor confuses me because they act like it's so scientific, but like some of these people didn't get involved into their life until adulthoods. So I guess it implies that they either one didn't have monitors until adulthood, or they yeah. had other monitors in childhood. Well, what Casina said was that she didn't bring anyone with her to this new school, so mm-hmm. she was suspicious of new people that were trying to get involved with her. I guess there's also a scenario where you could have, like, different monitors at different periods of right. your life. Yeah. Like, whoever can get close to you. But I do think it's, like, I don't think we're supposed to, like, understand the whole thing now. Like, it's strange that Paul is, like, ex-military. Meanwhile... Donnie and Allison have been together since high school, like you're saying, so mm-hmm. we don't really know, like, what kind of, like, career he has, or, like, I, I think there's too many, like, unknown questions right now, like, we don't know when they, like, if there is this, it, like, experimental system in place, like, like you said, if it takes place at adulthood, if they've been watching them their whole lives, like, maybe it's a situation where it's, like, we're gonna let them, like, grow up separately, and then, like, observe them later. Yeah, and I guess my whole theory about the monitors, too, is that is there's not another one, because it, it just, there doesn't seem anybody who could obviously be 
Sarah's, yeah. but if she was the original, then she, they might not have felt a need to give her a monitor okay. because she's not a question. How does it make sense for Sarah to be the original if they are all the same age? They're not all the same age. They're born within, like, a few months of each other. Well, right. But, like, are they cloning an embryo? Well, I don't know. I don't know enough about how cloning works. Right. Well, I don't know. I guess I thought that they would be cloning someone else. I don't know the answer. Um, But then she is the only one that can have kids. I think with Sarah specifically, like, the whole idea is that she's kind of a character who's, like, like, off the grid. Like, she's been kind of, like, out of the system. Like, for, for example, like, Cosima's in school, like, in mm-hmm. university, she's, like, in records, and Allison's obviously, like, living in the suburbs and went to high school, but Sarah was, like, an orphan who was, like, in the foster system, so I think it's possible that she just, like, slipped through the cracks, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why she doesn't have a monitor. Like, yeah. they didn't know about her, I guess. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think it also works in the other direction of, like, she was able to slip through the cracks because they were like, we don't need to monitor yeah. her because she's the original. Yeah. So, either way. I think that would make her more important than Oliver, if anything. But then also you've got Helena, Helena? Helena. Helena, who is, like, clearly been in an extremist cult, you know? And, like, was that on purpose? Yeah. Or was this one of those weird you know, religious situations where they were like, free baby, and, oh. you know. Jeez. Yeah, speaking of Helena, still no Helena this episode. Um, Miss that queen. I was going to say, like, the last episode, I think, like, I did like this episode, but I didn't like it as much as I remembered. I think the last Same. episode had a lot more, like, emotional stakes, and was more like, oh, these are, like, character beats and stuff. I mean, that's not true. We do, we do get a lot about, like, Alice in this episode. But I thought, like, this one was very comedic, but also managed to advance the plot mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, that's all the notes I have for this episode. Anybody have anything they didn't get to? Nope. Nope. No. It was fun. <laughs> I liked it. Do you have any predictions, Mackenzie, for what's to unfold next? Mm-hmm. I think we... I think that the... Dyad Institute, is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Uh, is definitely going to be um, maybe in like opposition to whatever group we're finding out about with um, Maggie Chin and oh, the fish people. Yeah. Maybe that they're definitely not. I don't think but they're like working. One's in... religious and one is like the science side. Mm-hmm. Wait, we talked, we like talked, glazed over that clip with Delphine and Lee. So, like, obviously they're in a romantic relationship. So, like, do we think that he's, like, planting her to get close to Cosima? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Especially what, I mean, given the context of, like, they created the character for her, and then yeah. they obviously had, like, an overall idea of how the show was going to go. It I does... definitely think she is, like, a pawn piece to advance mm-hmm. that man's plans. Yeah, and now she's conflicted because she's like, oh, maybe I would rather be with Cosima. I'd rather be getting so baked with Cosima. <laughs> so yeah, I'm get you so baked these days. Honestly, mood. <laughs> I did love that scene. They really are cute. They have a good chemistry for they sure. Do. I want to go steal some wine bottles and run around with them. Yeah. Um, cool. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, our first Thank guest. You. I'm a big fan. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, but really you can say all the stuff that you were going to say in the car that I wouldn't let you say. I don't even remember. <laughs> I was just so, like, charmed by y'all's analysis. It was funny for me because the stuff that I remember seemed to be stuff you didn't remember, and then the stuff you remembered was all stuff I was like, man, I like, don't remember what? any of that. Um, like, different little character bits, like the thing about um, Donnie and the burning of the files, like, that was my, that was one of the things that I remembered being like, oh, man, that's a clear sign of guilt. And then just uh, y'all's criticisms of art were funny for me (laughs) just because you know I was saying earlier if my partner was on drugs and killed somebody I would also be going through their desk I think I just because it's because he's a man yeah quick to hate don't touch her stuff I want to agree but I'm also like well she was a cop too so true you know a cab applies to all genders (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Paw Patrol. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't remember what else I was thinking about during. I wish I had brought my notes. I do too. Mm. If you remember them, you can email us at I'm at this pod six five zero. I will. <laughs> and I'll read them <laughs> to make our runtime longer. <laughs> thank you for listening, and thank you to Adam Kelly for our theme music and Megan Walker for our podcast cover art. You can email us at onmylistpod650 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. Tune in next week. Bye. One hour, three minutes.